Hello, my loves, and welcome to your new favorite podcast. I'm Morgan, and this is On the Couch Sessions. Hello, guys. Welcome. Today, we are talking with one of my favorite people today, Miss Naomi Effort. How are you today, Naomi? doing well good are you enjoying this fall weather um not necessarily you know fall is not my friend when it comes to allergies <laughs> but I'm going to make it through I like to hear that I like to hear that I'm all about this weather so most people are not my fans lately because I'm <laughs> definitely promoting this <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so today we are going to be talking all things couples which I'm super excited about um, and something in particular um, in regards to how you work with couples and this is a good time to be talking. Yesterday was sweetest day. This tends to be cuffing season for some people. So um, this should be interesting. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So Naomi, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Um, I am a licensed clinical professional counselor. I've been a therapist, um, well, I would say I graduated grad school in 2003 and I started to do therapy within the child welfare uh, community for about six years and then I kind of served as a dual role in the latter part of that that time frame and got into like a group practice at in a Genesis therapy center and I've been at Genesis for about 15 years wow. um, working primarily with individuals who suffer from a, a, a variety of mental health challenges um, like anxiety depression you know bipolar ADHD People experiencing grief, like life transitions, um, uncertainty about their path, and most importantly, I've um, focused in my under uh, my graduate degree um, with marriage and family. So I've been a strong promoter of that. Um, I feel like families and couples are like the foundation of our society, and if that structure or that system is working well, then you know our community community can function well. Also, so I get a lot of referrals from people from all over recommending me to see couples and helping them walk the path of improving their overall dynamic as a couple. Nice. Naomi is fantastic with couples. (laughs) She is definitely someone we refer to a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Your expertise and just experience um, in this field is profound and something I admire very much. So Mm -hmm. I have for the past decade that I've known you more. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yes. So I'm so glad to have you today. Um, So yes, we're talking couples. And I know um, that can be a very interesting space to have two people, two energies. What is the work or framework that you like to work in when it comes to couples? Like what brings them in typically when they're Um, seeking services? Okay. So, you know, oftentimes you know, the space I try to hold for couples is just a really safe space to encourage them to freely speak about what it is that they are coming in for. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually the the general generic term that people use is like, I'm coming in for communication. And then, you know, as we delve into communication, there really isn't necessarily communication. It's more about trust and 
um, respect and regard as partnerships and then just the language that then is being used in communication mm-hmm. that starts to be a problem. Um, so I typically kind of like to go backwards to go forward. I don't like to dive right into like what is the issues with the couple because that usually like can get really heated rather quickly. So I kind of like want to lead them up into like, so tell me how you met, like what was the attraction when you first met, you know, getting more specific to create a more relaxing conversation about what it was like before they started to have issues or challenges in their relationship. So I'll ask them like, if they are married, like when they got married, how prior to getting married, how was the proposal? How was the dating experience Mm -hmm. with each other? Like really finding what is what is some key pieces that is pretty much holding the couple together. Um, and then like if they had a wedding, you know, how many people came, um, if they had a honeymoon. And then like even just the general term, like what or general conversation question, I'm sorry. General question of saying, well, what made you decide to get married? You know, and just really honing them in on does that still represent where they are right now in their lives? So just really trying to get a foundation for the work we're going to do. And then I try to identify issues or challenges is what, when did they notice things shifted in the relationship? So that once they notice it shifted, like what attempts did they make to resolve the issues on their own? Did they seek like um, support from friends? Did they seek support from family? Did they seek, um, seek support through a clergy individual like to help offset any changes to what they had noticed in their relationship so when it was start to go south did you do anything about it you know because then it once I can find out what attempts have been actually made therefore when they come in to see me like okay is this couple motivated for change or mm-hmm. they really lost about what the change really needs to look like so you know I kind of do that more of a platform with them initially that's beautiful that's a very yeah. thorough space to be in yeah Mm-hmm. I like that approach. Is there a certain style that you use with couples um, when working um, with them through their issues? I like some of like Gottman's approach, mm-hmm. which is you know he's renowned for doing couples work and utilizing that. And I do also just integrate from different um, research I've done in terms of couples and what I feel like are targeted for the issues that they may be going through so Mm -hmm. it's more like a a getting to know my clients as individuals and then deciding based on one their maturity and then just their awareness (laughs) about their issues so sometimes I do take a more like approach to just really seeing where they're at and their readiness to do it so then I pick and tease out how can I join with them because that can sometimes be a challenge with couples and, and this, it depends on what space they're in about the issue. So if I have someone that's like really hurt or someone who's really anger, I have to walk the fine line of not giving them so much couple jargon to okay. change their mindset because I first have to figure out how to, in some ways, kind of buy them into the process. Excuse me. And I mm-hmm. would encourage them to really think about that. Like, what is your buy-in to doing this now? some language that I use to help them um, define what's in the couples of communication. I usually kind of do this like in a 
third or fourth session because the first two is more like assessing and getting background information and really defining what their goals are going to be moving forward in couples so one of the things i've come up with is like like what people usually typically talk about like the three c's of communication or seven c's there's so many different c's that they come up with <laughs> So most people talk about like communication being about clarity, concise, mm-hmm. speaking complete and being clear. Now, while yes, those are all pretty consistent ways to really um, communicate with someone. However, there's a, a, a part of that that doesn't really speak to when couples are going into dialogue with each other. And I mean, while that can be beneficial, however, when we go as a couple, we're actually looking for something more from that individual because the difference between having a conversation with your friends or even colleagues mm-hmm. or something like that you it's a more in this situation there's a more intimate level of communication that's happening and what I mean by that it sometimes you know the couple is looking for the individual is looking for something from their partner that they're not really sure about so sometimes it's what I call it the four A's. Sometimes it is about having accountability for a situation or circumstance that I need you to acknowledge that. And then the other one is acknowledgement. Like I need you to acknowledge that something happened. Right. And therefore it doesn't feel like what just happened. I'm like either going crazy or, you know, mm-hmm. being ridiculous about. Um, sometimes it's about um, having, be, having an apology. Like some people really struggle in a couple's dynamic to apologize for an act that they felt or uh, they tend to have to, let me rephrase, they tend to have difficulty apologizing for um, doing an act towards their partner or something they did not feel like, you know, like some people say, well, I was just joking. Right. And so, and then to, to me, that's not an apology because it just mm-hmm. kind of gives you permission to dismiss the person's feeling like, that still did happen to them whether you felt it was joking or not because if you say I was just joking it kind of extends the possibility that you can do it again versus an apology is more likely to prevent you doing a just joking again because mm-hmm. that's the mean that, that the individual is not having insight into what they've just done to their partner and so the last thing I will talk about is just having awareness like being aware and being present Mm-hmm. of what may be issues in your relationship or not even issues, just being present in the relationship as a whole. Like being able to identify and recognize, um, you know, um, good and bad, you know, because most people tend to struggle with that. And then sometimes you're just being okay. Like, you know, it's like, are you aware that you're doing like an action or behavior, you know, <laughs> that you tend to do? It's like this thing where people say, well, I don't like if somebody kind of keeps tapping you on the shoulder and you're just like, you know, are you aware that you keep doing that? And it bothers right. you. And the person's like, oh, I wasn't aware. And sometimes people stop. But then some people kind of do it and can be annoying with it and ignore, act like it shouldn't be a big deal because I'm only tapping you on the shoulder. So I think that's the, the, um, issue with some couples is like some people say oh you're too sensitive and it's like well no that's not true you know people have what we call our boundaries so like exactly. we have to do what's most important is respect somebody's boundaries whether you feel it's too sensitive or not this is what someone's asking you to do mm-hmm. and therefore you should oblige them because they matter to you and they're an important person to they're an important person to you overall so why create a space for them where they don't feel emotionally safe or physically safe with you 
That's absolutely fair. Yeah. That's such a huge space. Do you notice any barriers or challenges as you're working with couples? Do things come to prevent that moving forward or breaking through those spaces? Uh, most of, most times I see is people's readiness to alter the communication pattern. Like if I have a couple that's been together for like 15, 20 years, Ooh. those are really hard to do because, you know, as problematic as their couple communication has been it's a learned behavior so to teach someone to unlearn the way that they are communicating it becomes a real challenge and you know and so you know really providing them and modeling them with the words so I'm very good at like saying well instead of saying this way have you ever considered saying it this way like really getting them to do a different mindset have a different mindset in the words that they use towards their partner and I will sometimes see like individuals have an actual physical, you know, response to it, like a shifting in a chair or rub of a head, you know. That, <laughs> you know, is saying that I know that there's a part of what I'm saying is like making them feel uncomfortable. And then therapy is a very challenging process and make you uncomfortable because it has you looking at parts of you that you probably don't really pay attention to on a regular. Um, sometimes it's, it's just about being open-minded to the process, you know, um, coming in with the mindset that I'm ready for change to show up in communication with my partner, like being open-minded about it. And I mean, sometimes people are just so um, closed-minded and rigid mm-hmm. about, you know, why should we go seek help from someone else when we can figure this out? And I was like, well, if that was the case, <laughs> then things will be different and then and I'm not telling I don't try to c- c- tell people what they're doing isn't wrong it's just it just isn't working so right it's not working you know there's like you know there's things you do in terms of other services that you may have tried to fix something and it doesn't didn't work out then you go hire a professional so that's me so I was like well you gonna figure it out like you know you try, try to fix your car and <laughs> it doesn't work right you like, oh, dang, I may need to hire a professional. So I'm just kind of like following the same boat as that. Like, oh, they try this isn't working. Let's find us a professional. And that would be me. And so, um, and also time, this is about just having the emotional maturity to walk through some really difficult conversations we start to have at, in counseling with couples. Like just the person being mature enough and, and having awareness like, hey, maybe I am doing some things that are wrong and I can just Get, I can get some help fine-tuning what I'm saying to my partner so that it sounds, you know, better and it's not as hurtful or um, dismissive as it has in the past. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate spaces where you've got the couple and one partner is just really not that invested and the other one is really just on board? Like, How do you navigate that space? I usually do... I, oftentimes I will spend time with the person that I can um I see mm-hmm. isn't buying in and I'll just ask them like I I noticed that you have fixed that very little in the session and I just wanted to know are you is this something you wanted to do or you felt like you were forced to do and you know and sometimes people say yep I was kind of forced to come here and I was like but in what way because I always mm-hmm. want people to know that you get to choose, like, because you there's a ride to the car, there's the coming up the stairs <laughs> to the office, there's actually then coming in my office. So, at any given point, like, you 
had the ability to change your mind mm-hmm. you know and I said mm-hmm. well if we if we could can you give me an opportunity to um, help you walk through some things and maybe what I may say might be helpful to your relationship to get it to not feel the, the way that get it to feel the way it currently feels for you so I tried to make space to join with that person mm-hmm. and in hopes that as we continue to work together that they could see the buy-in to you know talking about ways to improve their overall relationship nice mm-hmm. all right Within the way that you work with couples, and, and I think back to even to my experience, and we got two people in one space, so I can only imagine what you know you hear and the energies and things that come up. Um, and I typically, you know, when you think about couples, there's going to be some arguing, disagreements, fighting, mm-hmm. colorful language used. How do you, when couples have arguments, are there ways to effectively or smarter ways to engage in an argument to talk about disagreement? Right. Well, I one thing I often express to people is that you did not start off this way mm. and I say that because in the dating process you know everybody is very mindful of their actions and behaviors <laughs> they are beautiful you things. know crossing T's and dotting I's and then sometimes even if profanities are like oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to say that <laughs> so we're very cautious you know mm-hmm. and so sometimes what I've noticed people get too comfortable in just like sharing parts of them that are not necessarily healthy for their part and I won't say let me rephrase that I won't say share parts I think it's the part that they find a level of comfort that they shouldn't have with that person meaning that they start to feel comfortable saying things that are not um, appropriate and hurtful to their partner because they feel like okay now I've done that part I don't have to do this anymore like I don't have to keep this courtship and mm-hmm. being this you know being so much on my guard or being mindful that now I get to just say how I feel and I was like well yeah you get to say you how you feel but you what I encourage you to be mindful that the person you are arguing with is someone you have chosen to love and care for mm-hmm. and if you put that at the forefront then that then you're more mindful of what you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, just as I, I'm a woman who, you know, dates and currently seeing someone seriously. And I think about like, if me being individuals, like when people say, well, you're a couple scouts, do, do you know how do you do this? <laughs> I'm very careful in my words to people mm-hmm. because I know words have power. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, and words just stick to you differently. So if someone ever like called you out your name, Mm-hmm. or they made you or called your name or talked about something you did you remember that like you hold on to that part of you because it, of how it made you feel yeah so therefore um i am very much a person like i you can't curse at me like you could tell me like hey i had a really bad day and you want to mm-hmm. tell me curse out about the you know the people in the traffic your job or whatever like that like if you need to like vent it out to me as a partner mm-hmm. or a friend and I'm like hey I'm all for profanity however when it comes directly to me and then mm-hmm. us having an exchange I, there's no room for that for me because now we're starting entering a conversation or dialogue where there's a level of disrespect and disregard for people's feelings coming into play and so at that point that's how things kind of spiral into like more heated and 
sometimes um, uh, physical situations because there's this language that's now created a space where people now become defensive and now very guarded and now they feel like they gotta protect themselves and so you know it's like to cut it off at the path it's like okay if this is what we're doing we need to stop like this isn't healthy for us to do mm-hmm. excuse me have this kind of dialogue because it's not going to help us it's actually going to hurt us so I try I tell people if that's something that they've done to reconsider to, to minimize the amount of profanity that you're using and then if you have smart children if we're teaching kids about conflict this is how we're going to teach them about the conflict because we teach them to be kind and, yeah. and generous to their friends and like don't do that and then right. they make a sack of food so come on <laughs> like, that so true yeah. we have to model for them what mm-hmm. we're teaching them and that helps create them to be well-rounded people we can't do two different things because that causes confusion for them especially with Absolutely. a growing developing mind so it's just like hmm, let's mom's this and like talk about this later because mm-hmm. you have little people in the room and you know you want them to make their the people they are especially their caregivers and parents they want to feel safe with both people and not feel like they got to interject or intervene and fix this mm-hmm. you know so I strongly encourage I like I can't keep people from doing it. I strongly encourage them to really be careful of usage, the frequency, quantity, and frequency of profanity between the two of them. Like it's just not okay. I just for me it's just I guess it's part of more of my character as an individual, but also yeah. as a clinician. I just don't see the benefit of it. You talking to yeah. your partner. I just don't see it. Absolutely. It's just not kind, loving language. No, it's just true. It's not kind, loving language. And you're not pouring into someone. You're taking mm-hmm. something out of them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you, when, because I often think couples sometimes bring up the same arguments, right? Or the same thing keeps coming up, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's connected to, um, I think about traumas that's happened to a relationship, whether it's an infidelity, mm-hmm. loss. How do you work with couples in spaces when they've been damage to the relationship you one of the things I do with couples uh, regarding that particular piece mm-hmm. is I will spend time with them just really kind of you know, well one find out how long the infidelity mm-hmm. um, happened or a loss of a child you know really mm-hmm. kind of finding out like what was going on in the marriage during the time that the infidelity occurred and um you know how the person found out about it and again like what ways have they tried to resolve it you know in the past you know work through the hurt of it and so mm-hmm. um i i then talk to them about you know like what do you want this to look like moving forward like how do you want this relationship to look because one thing i try to tell couples not to do is kind of hold this whoever did the infidelity over the other person's head like Mm-hmm. you know for the remainder of how long you choose to be together because then your relationship kind of stays stuck around this one event or mm-hmm. sometimes multiple events because if you're not in the space to I always tell couples you have the right to choose to stay okay. you don't have to stay like you get mm-hmm. to choose to stay and and when I tell people that I was like well let's not talk about let's not do it for the kids let's not do it because of this thing choose because that's what you feel is in your best interest so if you're going to choose to stay, decide how you want the stay to look for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you want to have a loving, caring dynamic, let's talk about that. Um, 
you know what I've noticed sometimes infidelities out of stress-induced situations in the marriage that had been going on for quite some time and it, those issues were never addressed so then the infidelity happens you know mm-hmm. from my experience now um so then therefore we talk about what was those stressors what was going on in the marriage prior to that because then I really kind of named it in a way that infidelity sometimes it's just a symptom of a bigger issue you know in a relationship and so if we kind of just focus on the infidelity piece and not the other issues then we're in trouble because those other issues are still hanging out there and those are not being addressed in order for the relationship to foster and change in a healthy way so I try to really get walk through the hurts and disappointments of what the infidelity did to the couple mm-hmm. and then if apologies and acknowledgement needs to occur in that then let's talk this through and then let's then move on to okay this happened you were hurt you were disappointed by your partner's decision to do this so here let's talk about how did this end up showing up in your relationship so then the other person can talk about like what it made them feel like being with this person and hopefully they can be hearing that they can hear mm-hmm. each other in a way that then they can say well I'm hurt about this I can understand how you got hurt about that you know but if the other person just just are so like rooted in the betrayal of it then that creates the difficulty of them being able to move on like I can't get past the betrayal and I tell people it's okay if you can't get past it but it doesn't mean it's not healthy for you to stay in this either Mm-hmm. you know so yeah. like if you know for a fact you can't get past it and I respect someone's decision to say that they can't you know because some people's betrayal is like too much and I mm-hmm. respect that because that's where they are and how they feel about it and I don't want them to feel like they have to like stay in this however how if you're going to stay what is it going to stay what is it going to mean for you to stay in this in the way that your partner can you know feel comfortable making decisions and doing things again you know so that's hard hard for them to do and with a loss of something we really kind of like a parent couple comes to me out of a loss of a child which is can be stressful in the marriage too mm-hmm. it's really talking about life with with the child life without the child and what can they do now as a couple to kind of thrive like what's in the way of the grief and if someone is experiencing more difficulty in either the infidelity infidelity or the loss of a child sometimes I do extend to them like hey maybe you if I see one person like no matter how much you're talking about it that there's their mindset is really having difficulty shifting I do extend them to go to like individual like hey let's do some individual work for you let's recommend I can recommend someone to do individual work for you around these issues so that then you can show up and be more present and aware and being able to hear your partner because your individual pe- your individual parts have been able to talk through where you can't feel like you may be able to get those pieces out when you're in a couple's dynamic, when we do a couple's counseling. Mm-hmm. You know. Absolutely. How do you reestablish trust within that space? Is that hard to do when there's um, been infidelity? Yes, it is definitely okay. hard to do. Um, there are things that I do, like things I encourage people to do. It's like, you know, um, if a person asks to like be more forthcoming where you're going like if you Mm -hmm. had the freedom to kind of go where you're going is being allow yourself to be accountable so if your partner says well where you going you 
try to be transparent and be honest. Um, occasionally, if a person says, well, hey, can I just see your phone? I try not to have too much of this happening. <laughs> because then I don't want it to be such a, a, a an anxious, anxious thing that they have yeah. to keep checking up on that person. Like, I don't want it to be so anxiety provoking that they can't relax in the relationship either. It's like, okay, well, just here and there you can ask, but not at a, out of every time they leave, you don't know. And mm-hmm. that the other person understands, like, you know, you've hurt someone and being in the, being the person that did the hurting is going to be uncomfortable for you at meeting the requests of the other person because they're asking you to do more and they should be over this by now, like some people feel. <laughs> like, well, no, reestablishing trust just takes time. Mm-hmm. And that you being the space to know, like, if you're committed to this process and you want your marriage to work, I can't predict how long it takes for somebody to recover from it. You know, I just right. tell couples it shouldn't go on for and you know, for years talking about this. I really think if you're doing the couples dynamic and you're really talking things through, that we should be able to move on much quicker because the feelings are being addressed and marked through and understood differently than you haphazardly trying to figure it out because it's just met with all this like intense anger and frustration and not really about the sadness and disappointment of it. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Question for you. Mm-hmm. So let's say in this couple dynamic, one person is bringing their own trauma history or even mental illness. How mm-hmm. do you work within that dynamic with them and just being present with that person and mm-hmm. that relationship? You know, ironically, since I do see people individually outside of couples it's Mm -hmm. you know I tend to see individuals who struggle with having a partnership with someone who struggles with those things and so they've come to individual and that their way of like you know hey let me really think this think about how I want to proceed in this relationship Mm -hmm. and as a couple counselor I would tell them the same thing like you probably should do some individual work to just kind of navigate Mm-hmm. how it what it means to do I encourage them to find support groups like if they okay. can find a group that has um, other individuals who have partners mm-hmm. that are struggling with mental health issues I definitely encourage them to educate themselves about the mm-hmm. illness itself you know okay. being um, understanding like the importance of if they are required to take medication that partner is is that that's mm-hmm. being done on a regular basis to offset any um, symptoms or are uh, or what I would call uh, triggers that may cause them to find a way to, you know, offset the balance of the relationship. So if they're mm-hmm. not taking the medication, they're not following through with their own individual therapy or whatever it needs to help them sustain their emotional stability, mm-hmm. then they, that can create a space for them where it can cause chaos in their relationship. So really just encouraging them to you know find support you know Mm -hmm. even if that means them go to a group together whatever it is I know with COVID a lot of that has shifted (laughs) for some time so that makes it hard so a lot of stuff is just pretty much online which I know like some people do well in person Mm -hmm. when it comes to stuff like that so I typically try to encourage them to do whoever it is even if it's both people like if I feel like their personal traumas are like are way too much for this relationship I will literally just um, discontinue, discontinue couples counseling and have them do that work and then come back and see me okay. because sometimes it can be so powerful that it's making the relationship stay incredibly unhealthy 
So sometimes I'm just like, well, this seems like too much for you both to really Mm -hmm. kind of delve into and that that you both are getting triggered by one another based on some of the things that you share with me. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I will feel like you, it would be best if you both do some individual work and then come back and see me. Um, When you're in a space to be able to work through some of these pieces without Mm -hmm. creating this space to feel like it does when you go home like I'm trying to create a different space for you first <laughs> like to argue in front of me the way that you do at home is not mm-hmm. like the work that you really need to be doing so right. mm-hmm. all right okay if I lead us a little way into um and saying this communication space and mm-hmm. when I think about you know the intimacy that happens within the couple space and being vulnerable when it comes to like love and your emotional needs and I think about that, the most popular book, most people talk about the five languages. Um, and if we were, for those that don't know, so it's acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, is gift giving? Yes, gift. gift. And what's the fifth one? Equality time. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, how do you work with couples in that space by communicating your emotional needs and just, is that important to understand what your partner's love language is or how they feel loved and cared for? Yeah, it's incredibly important because you want to make sure that you are staying, what your partner is asking for is actually, that you're doing exactly, you're doing, like, not exactly, but similar or close to mm-hmm. what they're seeking. So, like, when people say, well, you know, Naomi, I just really want my partner to support me. Okay, so that's a very generic way of saying support <laughs> because he can very much say, well, Naomi, I pay the bills. That's my way to support him. True, very true. So, and then I can't say he's wrong. And then mm-hmm. she's looking at me like, okay, that's not what I'm talking about. And so that's why I tell people that you, it's important to do a deeper dive. Like, what do you mean by support? If you mean support, like, hey, you know, sometimes I would like, him to come home and help out around the house is part of supporting me mm-hmm. or when I'm listening when I'm talking to him about issues in our relationship he's not in watching tv or on his phone <laughs> or you know I need to feel like he's present with me when I'm mm-hmm. trying to address these things with him or even sometimes not just so much what women needs to address and sometimes when a man needs to address like oh every time I try to talk to her she tells me all these things she has to do so she's not making mm-hmm. time for me so that's the other piece of just really defining what you need to be more clear and not yeah. just generalization. And like another thing that couples tend to do, regardless if they've been dating or dating, married, or been married for a long time, engaged, married for a long time, they they will come in like, well, they should know. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I'm like, we don't have a crystal ball here. I don't read yeah, exactly. And so people were like, well, they should know. And I'm like, well, that's not true because as individuals, we are constantly transitioning and changing. So maybe what worked for you five years ago just don't work with you in year five. Doesn't work. You tend when it comes to that partner. So I encourage people to ask. (laughs) If you just ask, you know, like sometimes it will really help things like, like, because people are like, well, what do you want me to do? And so they say, well, I don't know. So then they (laughs) So then you get this dynamic of like, okay, so that's why I would care and I express people to be aware of what their needs are and be able to articulate it and not expect your partner to be like, you know, have a crystal ball, be a mind reader, or just assume that they should already know these things. Because sometimes people just, we don't, and people forget, and sometimes we need reminders and you know, people age and this whole dynamic of marriage and different stresses come into play. So sometimes people 
fall off square and he's like let's bring this back in because if you're not being intentional about it that's how things get lost and then you know assumptions get made and then arguments happen mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so I know like we get exposed to a lot of intimacy like through TV and mm-hmm. you know like sex and sex and intimacy but people are so avoiding as what I discovered as a couple's counselor oh my gosh <laughs> yes struggle with talking about it and I'm like okay so yes. like I, I I try to encourage them I'm in the space I'm very much open-minded to not mm-hmm. feel like that's a part of them that we can't talk about and to me as a couple's counselor like we have to talk about intimacy in your relationship both the physical mm-hmm. part and the emotional intimacy that plays mm-hmm. out in your relationship in order for it to thrive. Yes. And that's the part that most people struggle with. It's like mm-hmm. not being able to feel comfortable talking about like this is not something to be ashamed of. It is normal and natural. Like mm-hmm. you need to have it's like this whole point of being a couple, like to have that right. piece. Like you want exactly. to enjoy that part and and have that way to reconnect mm-hmm. with your partner. Absolutely. It's so mm-hmm. important. It's fascinating how many people get really weirded out about that mm. or that you know topic. Like, huh? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> don't see it on TV. Like, oh, right. some TV shows, like it's there. <laughs> so to me, it's like it's not as if it's not ever being talked about. I think it's become yeah. it's just a layer of how for me it's like how you've ever been taught to talk about sex in general, mm-hmm. or even just not just sex, but just intimacy as a whole. Absolutely. So I, you know, I really encourage couples to do those kind of check-ins too, to just make sure that space is being fulfilled as well. Like, hey, mm-hmm. like you may not necessarily agree with how your partner's saying things, but you know, give it a try and see if it is fulfilling. Now, I often tell people there is to, you know, your own sexual boundaries, but it's something that you just totally not comfortable with, then you get to mm-hmm. say that as well. You know, or if that's not something you come with, you can come up with something that might offset that, you know, mm-hmm. and hopefully that helps a couple. But if it's something that you feel is not true to your who you are as a person, then yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend to do that. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I don't really try anything too crazy out there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I also think it's important too to model, right? Um, yeah. Affectionate and to see for your children if you have them. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you have small kids at home or adolescents too, it's like mm-hmm. helping them see that the importance of having that be having that in a relationship helps you make you feel comfortable and at ease mm-hmm. and relaxed, like and and, and enjoyable overall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of kiddos, mm-hmm. I find that can be such a challenging space for couples, right? Talking about parenting. Mm-hmm. And how do you work with couples when they do bring in those issues of not being on the same page and working together? Like, what does that space need to look like when it comes to kids? I used to, I often tell couples um, when they're talking about their kids, I do do a lot of that, especially when I have couples with small children. Mm-hmm. I often tell them, like, you know, I try to find out who is the one who provides the primary parenting role you know the one that with the kids all day dropping off in school and typically Mm -hmm. that's the mom and then sometimes you know um and how the dad wants to be fit into that if you're gone all day and then Mm -hmm. what role do you want to serve in that because sometimes it's just like people following like this traditional way of parenting yeah and therefore like oh dad is the disciplinarian and mom is just the nurturer Mm -hmm. and so I really try to encourage that to not take place especially you know sometimes when it is boys like 
you don't want that to be just such a defined way for boys to just see men as disciplinarians and not nurturers too. Yeah, they need to learn how to nurture, Mm -hmm. um, especially if at some point they decide to grow up, have a family, like you want them to have an exchange of that. So I often tell couples to put the needs of their kids first and even if they disagree with their partner, but um, that's the most important piece. And then the other part about it, sometimes parents um, come in and they treat kids as possessions and not people mm. you know and so I often have those kind of conversations it's like you know um, and it's what's developmentally appropriate for them to be doing in terms of child rearing mm-hmm. them and not putting so much expectation that the kid knows how to do something because right. you know how to do it I mean like yeah you know because you either 30 40 plus years in the game right. You know, and this person's brain is only like maybe three years old. Like, you know, yeah, that's right there. To, to do mm-hmm. that and then having compassion for their kids and mm-hmm. being patient with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even having to look at how their own parenting of their from their parents make them feel. And is that mm-hmm. a lot of who they are as parents now? So, we talk about yeah. different parenting techniques and strategies. Yeah. Um, and to make sure that that isn't impacting how they are with their children so that's huge yeah how important is it to have that conversation about kids and that parenting space even before you have children like within that relationship um I I I I think it's important I think it's one of those things like if how motivated is the couple to really have kids and Mm -hmm. then like Mm -hmm. what's the timeline looking like looking like for them and most couples I get I haven't had many that are resistant to wanting kids most of them want kids it's just really mm-hmm. talking about like you know how much of a change that is going to make mm-hmm. so like I have a couple now who has like a five-year-old they're going to have another one and so we've been talking about like what that's going to look like for those change mm-hmm. and they actually planned the pregnancy and you know Aww. so it's like this thing and so you know naturally there's hiccups now because pregnancy mm-hmm. happened is closer to the end Aww. and so therefore um we just really been talking about like preparing for that new change mm-hmm. and even preparing the five-year-old for having a sibling like you know because they not always freaking and welcoming to <laughs> true especially when it's been you like not right? with another person like exactly. okay. not trying to do that yeah and so really helping them be compassionate and patient mm-hmm. with that the parents be compassionate and patient with their child as they make adjustments because they may too the one who um, the older child, older sibling may just have some regressive behaviors, and which is to be expected because they feel a change happening, but they don't really know how, what to expect or anticipate with that change. So yeah, just really helping them like be more planful, mm-hmm. aware if that's possible, because sometimes they become without being planned. True. So, True. <laughs> therefore, just really looking at what kind of supports they have in place, mm-hmm. like do they have, you know, relatives that can help out or friends mm-hmm. that can come out to really make sure that the kids don't take over the marriage because people can easily allow that to happen and not on purpose it just does and you know because Mm -hmm. the kids needs to come first so I often encourage couples to make sure that they're making time for their relationship because you know if they didn't have kids prior to getting together Mm -hmm. or it didn't happen to after they got married but like really making time to focus on them as a couple and having time to do um things together where it's mm-hmm. not what it's just all about us raising these kids you know? right like it shouldn't be just raising kids like no you really should have time to yeah. 
reconnect with each other and restore. And I use that a lot with couples, like regrouping, restoring, reconnecting. Mm. Because sometimes we can easily just fall off of it. You know, because life gets so busy, work gets crazy, family gets crazy. And then we don't create a space for us to just, as couples, to just do that. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. go out, go for a walk, go for movies and stuff like that. Um, Do things together to help it feel like we're still in this together. (laughs) Absolutely. It's so important because eventually those kids are going to be gone at some point too. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just the two of you. Yeah, and I always tell people, like, what are you doing when they go? Because then after a while, when they get to be adolescents, they really be like, can I go to so and so house? Can I go ahead and my friends? Yeah. And they're like twirling your thumbs trying to figure out what to do because mm-hmm. they decided that they're ready to launch into their next thing. Yeah. And then say bye. And yeah. Staring at each other like, okay. Absolutely. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Not to switch gears too much, mm-hmm. um, but I noticed in that couple space, there's something that feels comes up a lot. It's finance, right? And mm-hmm. that can be even when it comes to you know, dealing with the kids and stuff that they need. How do you work with couples around good communication with finances? What should that look like, that conversation? That, do you know, and it's the finances is the one thing that ends up causing marriages to fail. Mm. Is one of the top reasons marriages fail is finances and one of the top and so um I encourage you know when couples decide to move in together like Mm -hmm. prior to moving in together I encourage them to talk about finances like what role Mm -hmm. each person will serve in terms of finances so is someone going to do you want to have a joint or shared joint account or separate accounts or if you're going to some person is going to pay the rent or the mortgage and the person is going to sponsor utilities and then offsetting those costs with, you know, activities a couple wants to do together, you know, date nights, mm-hmm. all these different things like how do you want our finances to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, it helps to kind of know what the plan is so that mm-hmm. the plan can be executed and that you should have regular check-ins with it like making sure if one person makes this amount of money the other person makes this amount of money and so I really try to stay from the whole 50-50 cuz mm-hmm. there's no way for if somebody make $80,000 a year and somebody makes $35,000 a year no work that there's no 50-50 so yeah, the person true. who makes 80,000 maybe man or woman cuz you know mm-hmm. women and men don't all often make the same amount of money. So whoever yeah. makes a lesser amount, like how and what other ways that mm-hmm. that person contributes to the finances, even though the person at Eddie can really pretty much carry the family in a certain way. So like really talk about like what they can afford to help out with and not making them feel bad because they don't make, you know, mm-hmm. the same amount as you do. So really just being in a space to recognize what limitations or restrictions a person who doesn't make as much as you do have on being able to help out. And then also the person who makes them the amount not to feel so feel burdened. And if you start to feel burdened and you're in it, you're not in a good space to be in a couple dynamic because that part shouldn't show, should, maybe I shouldn't say should, it, they need to be mindful that that mm-hmm. role knowing that amount is out there that mm-hmm. that they they are aware that they are going to end up taking on more of that responsibility yeah. so it's not like a shock to you that mm-hmm. you'll be paying more in the household expenses because your partner doesn't make as much as you do right i mean because yeah. there's almost like you know 
thirty plus or forty plus more thousand dollars that's not being forty five thousand dollars more from your partner so to to feel like they need to come up with more how can they and maybe yeah. that person is in a lower paid job because they work part time and they do a new child care stuff for mm-hmm. the children and then maybe you could just be at work all the time and you can you can be full time and do that so just mm-hmm. really being mindful of that and just having those regular check-ins about making sure whatever financial goals you set can mm-hmm. do that also to people who are overspenders really helping them be mm-hmm. mindful in doing those financial financial check-ins because maybe the person who's 35,000 likes to spend 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 and right. like, <laughs> like save 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 like so yeah. having like those quarterly mm-hmm. check-ins financially like to sit down every three to six months to really make sure like looking over your bills and finances to make sure you're staying on task will keep people from getting in a deeper and diving into a really bad financial hole that they can't get themselves out of which then causes stress in the relationship very nice mm-hmm. speaking of check-ins and right mm-hmm. just keeping that communication open at, and you know in that space Mm-hmm. what would you say because like, sometimes it's the discussion of when should we see couples like when is the best or even the appropriate time is it when we're married dating like what mm-hmm. is your suggestion around that space you know I I prefer couples to come and as to, to come if they're dating good if okay. they're really dating in a way that they're like dating exclusively like if you're really mm-hmm. serious about this person and you want to like move into the next phase I've had people come in there who are dating I'm trying to work through some issues to see mm-hmm. if their their relationship can thrive beyond that. And some of them met with success and then some people realize like, nope, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. And they agree to that. But I prefer people to come in um, in general um, as a check-in place to make sure that they're on task as a couple and that they mm-hmm. are, even if they're in a good place, like, hey, let's kind of make sure we keep this momentum going and that we right. can maintain this, um, our relationship the way that it's going. Because what mm-hmm. I do not like is that people who come in that uses couples counseling like like a last ditch effort mm-hmm. to like salvage their relationship because the motivation for change in their relationship at that time is at an all time low, you know. So there's no real buy in for things to work out, you know, because mm-hmm. you feel like oh well, I'm just going because I I already said I'm going. Mm-hmm. and then we did all this stuff so I mean your energy level isn't there I mean it's just kind of like somebody who's on their last like who chooses to change their, their eating habits but like mm-hmm. okay like they just say oh you know what I'm just really poor with eating my eating habits and so you start off really motivated to change like meal prep mm-hmm. and doing all this stuff oh, gosh. really like excited about the change yeah. that you're making to yourself and so you so you're great so you're excited about it because you mm-hmm. at the very beginning of it and then you put supports in place and to have it now imagine like you know you fall off you fall off for a long time say you start off mm-hmm. in 2017 and 2018 and then all of a sudden in 2021 you show back up like oh dang i used to do that so you it's like <laughs> your motivation to do is like oh here i go again trying this weight yeah. level some workout or this um eating healthier dynamic good then so your motivation has changed so you're like well let me just try this one more time and see what mm-hmm. it can so you can already feel like the angst of wanting to do it because yeah. you feel like you've already been through this and like that's like for example people who diet 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 mm-hmm. so it's like finding something that's going to stick and so for me especially because now I have two people in the room mm-hmm. that really just trying to assess like if you look at this in a way that you're not 
motivated for change or say anything differently because you just feel like this is the this is the last step before divorce then you've already decided you want a divorce mm-hmm. you're closer to that than you are to salvage mm-hmm. you know and so i i prefer people to come in even just throughout their relationship to just kind of check in mm-hmm. to make sure that they're thriving and they're connecting and they're you know present with each other throughout the course of their relationship because if you look at it as more like an added support to your experience then your relationship can thrive I mean you know people go to clergymen for you know spiritual advice so like Mm -hmm. it is just even though you might read the bible and all that kind of stuff but you go somewhere to get added support to your journey Mm -hmm. to ensure that what you want to see happen or continue to happen that is being maintained so important though yeah to maintain that space over time not just a one-time thing or in the stretches of the moment yeah so to 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 be clear about when is the best time i Mm -hmm. i don't think there is a best time i just think Mm -hmm. it's just more about recognizing Mm -hmm. as a couple what more do you want to do but if you really consider like moving forward to with someone Mm -hmm. sometimes premarital counseling is beneficial Mm -hmm. to see if like parts of you align well with each other and, mm-hmm. and the way that you think about children, household responsibility, finances, intimacy, mm-hmm. all those things, and family, like all of those components yeah. that can create stresses for the couple overall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So much when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when there is, so any suggestions for let's you know you got people that may not be ready to come into therapy but mm-hmm. any you know thing that we're, we shouldn't be doing when it comes to the communication couple space yeah. or things that you should be focusing on right so one of the things that I try to use this phrase a lot when I talk mm-hmm. to couples like if you're not ready to come to couples that is fine mm-hmm. you know um, I know it's a lot to admit that there's something really that you can't fix you know that's mm-hmm. really more of our egos as human beings that gets in the way of us asking for help. Um, However, I encourage couples to speak in terms of thoughtfulness, care, and concern towards your partner. Like if you can do TCC, thoughtfulness, care, and concern for them, like extend that to them in a way that um, reflects that you care about how they feel, what their thoughts, you being thoughtful and how you're saying things to them. And you're really concerned about them overall, you know, and, you know, if you can't, you can take turns talking, like not over talking or cutting people off in your conversation with them. You minimize yelling one with each other. And most importantly, and one of thing is also to, you know, stay away from degrading language yeah. with one another. And, you know, if you have a topic to talk about, try to stay on topic. I often tell couples if you're gonna start arguing about which is probably small, like if you're gonna start about arguing about who takes out the garbage, stay on that. Like don't move from topic to like, oh, you didn't come home last night to then you didn't do this the other day. It's so because then you just overwhelm each other with all these mm-hmm. other things that you don't really have any real answers to. And so you yeah. get exhausted because you're trying to jump in now because we argue about this, so I'm at this and I'm at this, and I'm like mm-hmm. any person will be overwhelmed with that level of pressure mm-hmm. um, and emotional overload because you're asking them to answer all these things and we, we were just talking about emptying the garbage. You know, like, <laughs> as simple as it sounds, but like people want to like, you know, get everything out. And I'm like, no, that is unhealthy because you you don't have any resolve to anything. You just adding, you, you don't get any resolve. You just said how you felt like, but did you resolve mm-hmm. anything about the garbage being taken out? 
because now you've been brought in all this other stuff and none of that got resolved either you just had this big blow up and nothing got resolved mm-hmm. and then that's when people start to shut down and stonewall because then they feel like well what's the point yeah. so like really just stay on task with one thing and carry that through to a resolution if it's, you can't cut, get a resolution in that moment you know find a way to come back to it and I really encourage couples to come back to stuff that they can't resolve within like 24 to 48 hours because after a while after that people tend to get and they don't remember what happened <laughs> then there's a whole nother conversation about that eyes so, glaze over yeah so they glaze over it as if it's not a big deal and it is a big mm-hmm. deal to the person who's bringing it up so just really yeah. giving them a space to come back to things within a time frame and they commit to that time mm-hmm. so that they're actually being intentional about what the other person is trying to get out or want to converse about mm-hmm. Naomi in your experience do you have any recommendations whether resources books activities things that couples can kind of utilize in the space right now if they're not ready to come in or just thinking about coming in and um yeah i you know they have like this great well i won't call it great i, just, I'm so <laughs> I mean i like i won't call it great because mm-hmm. there was things about some of the questions that i saw in the game that i wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily feel like it was good that a couple who has an experience or walk through mm-hmm. like process of of um like a like a therapist or clergy mm-hmm. someone to help them walk through yeah. that they could feel safe doing so mm-hmm. so the game is called tonight's conversation Ooh. and it's a couple's edition so I actually bought all four decks of the cards because they have one for like people who are dating mm-hmm. um, they have one for um, uh, I think it's couples dating and it's two other after dark questions like that's for Ooh. more like intimacy and stuff like okay. that and I can't remember what the I think the other one was like relationship friendships or something like that Okay. Um, so um, that is the couple's edition I felt like some of the questions were really good questions mm-hmm. however I think not having if some questions I felt were really deeper mm-hmm. questions they really need to be teased out by support of a like professional yeah. Okay. Um, and now I would tell people kind of avoid those questions because yeah. that's, that they felt really heavy for me reading mm-hmm. them as a therapist and mm-hmm. knowing like that kind of questions using and can be asked in a way that a person may not feel safe enough right. to share certain parts of that with them, their partner, and not feel like they're attacking them or making them feel, you know, as a put down mm-hmm. or anything like that. So like really having them have the right language to use and I think that's what couples counseling is is to give you mm-hmm. you know language to use and phrases yeah. to use to help foster a different way of communicating because what I tell couples when they come in it's like well we have trouble communicating with each other and I'm like nope no you don't because yelling is communication sharing what you're saying I said what you struggle with is the language being used in your mm-hmm. dynamic Mm-hmm. So your language, what you're asking me to do is help you foster a new way of using different language to help your relationship, you know, thrive in a more healthier way. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like yeah. Everything. Yeah. And, you know I mean? yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no. Oh, and I was going to say, like, sometimes you can choose an environment that's less mm-hmm. territorial to have conversations. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, 
you talk to somebody in their favorite chair at home, you know, and they watch the TV, like, that's probably not the best place to have, like, a really meaningful conversation with your right? You not know, now, so, not I today. Mean, ter- yeah, territorial spaces definitely make us feel more protected in it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then it's also also a way for us to be dismissive too. So, mm-hmm. um, so sometimes I like you could take yourself on a walk or sit in a park or sit yeah. in a car and have conversations or over coffee or dinner or, mm-hmm. you know, different spaces to really offset mm-hmm. the mindset like, well, I'm just going to go to my room because you, you don't want a space when you really want to get through things like somebody gets mm-hmm. to run to a different space. So they just right. run away. Like, I'm just going to leave and just wait. So if you're yeah. together, then you're having conversation out of intention. Mm-hmm. You know, if your home is hard to do with somebody washing dishes, somebody, mm-hmm. you know, you want the person when you, you know, wanting to address things or, or things that's impacting your relationship in a negative way, like you want them to be present enough to look at them and talk to them and feel like you can read their body language and their energy and just talk mm-hmm. it through. Intention is such an important piece to that. Mm-hmm. To be intentional. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Any words of wisdom that you have to impart on those that are listening in these spaces when we are just working through our relationships? Mm. Well, you know, I... I encourage people to be mindful, patient, um, recognizing that we, your partner doesn't come from the same walk of life as you do. Maybe you share the same race, but may not share the same walk of life as you do. And so really trying to um, recognize that as being sometimes a shortcoming to who they are Mm -hmm. as an individual and being able to either guide and support them into a different and a different understanding sometimes mm-hmm. um and also you know you know make sure you're having fun as a couple like you know as much as you are as being responsible and taking care of kids and family like make sure you are instituting fun if that's like playing a board game or card games together or like going on like a couple's trip together like doing things to help foster your relationship to have the growth and also the ability to sustain itself because mm-hmm. as individuals we continue growing and changing and at just as human beings we just continue growing change so we need to find the space to honor that like that change and growth as a couple so like really be mindful and aware that yes we've been married 15 years we've been married 20 mm-hmm. years and like what do we do like there's so much to still do and mm-hmm. then just not stay so caught up in the routine of just coming and going to work and coming home eating dinner and going to bed like that can yeah. offset to not really help you know the mind one our mind isn't really being challenged and so like finding mm-hmm. ways to challenge and promote who we are as individuals within the couple dynamics so like oftentimes like if it's about you guys getting healthy together like mm-hmm. doing things that can enhance your healthy mm-hmm. approach to life like eating better working out together or doing things that you know outside of the comfort zones of you just coming home watching TV. Like, it's mm-hmm. like those things, yeah. like, find things to do that yeah. will help you challenge each other in a way that will help bring forth, you know, a, a higher level of comfort because mm-hmm. the one thing that couples do struggle with is getting uncomfortable. Like, there has to be a level of discomfort sometimes to create a new level of comfort with mm-hmm. each other by doing and challenging each other in different ways. I like that. That was well mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, Naomi, it has been awesome to listen to you and to listen to what you have to share. Um, I always enjoy 
your perspective and your experience. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It has been a joy. um, And I have been happy to have you here. And thank you so much for joining me. All right. Thank you for having me. And that is it for us today, folks. Take care.